Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. And when you're invited to a party, practice the skills of a good guest. Be on time, ready for fun. Take part in the party. Help everyone around you to have a good time. Now, of course, I was scheduled to work the night of the chalet party. I mean, the weekends are prime time for people to go to the movies. Mr. H said in my original interview that he doesn't need people who can work Monday through Thursday. He needed weekenders. For a teenager, it's a terrible catch-22. I pled my case to Mr. H. Yosha agreed to switch. I, I swear I won't call off another weekend for at least six months. Please, Mr. H. The cleaning lady is still traumatized from your pussy of doom surprise. No, no, it's not a date. It's the chalet. What the hell is the chalet? Wait, I suddenly stopped caring about this conversation. Just go. Call off again and you can go back to flipping burgers or whatever you did before. Shame you're gonna miss the new hire. He said that with a shit-eating grin. I lost my virtual virginity the night I met Kelly. I mean, not literally. But in my head, she was the girl I always dreamed of. Mr. H hired my fantasy, and it was instant love looking at the girl behind that candy stand that he called the new hire. Chrissy here is calling off tonight. A shame. I was going to have him train you. I was dumbfounded. Was it too late to cancel the night off request? She was amazing. Q Van Halen's pretty woman and... Nice to finally meet you, Captain Chris. Excuse me? A friend of mine goes to Westwood. Says you throw some killer parties. Mr. H shook his head. He still couldn't believe I was anything but this little nerd that he had hired. And then he did the ultimate screw job. Going over to your girlfriend's after work, Chrissy? Yeah, he's married. I parked my car at Reagan's house by killing the headlights and engine early and gliding silently to a stop. She was waiting on the front porch in the cold for me, waving and smiling. She was so excited to see me. I got out and she met me at the car with a hard kiss. What are you doing out here? Why are you whispering? Mom and dad are asleep. They're not getting up. It's a little chilly out here, don't you think? Let's take a walk. How was work? There was this Christmas tree farm near her property and we would steal off during the summer for walks or a little more. It was so quiet that night. It was peaceful and we held hands in the moonlight. I don't see enough of you. I don't get enough of you. You're always working. Oh, if you only knew everything I was doing. Exactly, I don't. You work almost every weekend. You're doing the president thing. I want to see more of you. She was kissing me again, pulling at my coat, and then put her hand down the front of my pants. I want to finish what we started in the Temple of Doom, please. Whoa. I had to put on the brakes. 
I took her hands and cooled things down. Out here, it's cold. Reagan, no. More kisses. I had to stop her again, and in that moonlight looked at the face of a girl who was totally in love with me. I mean, why are you so nuts about me? I love you. You're the best boyfriend I ever had. She had no idea about the parties, the money laundering, butch, or that I just got invited to the chalet. I was her world, and she would bang me in a Christmas tree farm. Are you working tomorrow night? Can we have a full Saturday night together? I can't. I gotta work. Late. I lied right to that beautiful face. She kissed me again. It was okay, that kiss said. Could I do anything wrong with this girl? I could, and I was doing it right at that moment. Jess drove us in the Trans Am. However, I got the back seat with Scalzo. Why? Kellen needed a lift, and Jess was all about celebrity power and who looked best riding in the front seat of his car. So Kellen rode first class while I got coach with Scalzo and Allison. Some shitty survivor ballad played on his tape deck stereo. Now, Allison was seated between Scalzo and I in the back seat, and she was on her knees, ass in the air, leaning forward to service Kellen in the front seat, if you get what I'm saying. Don't get anything on the seats. She was in this short electric blue mini skirt, and not only could you see her ass, but also the tiny G-string that passed for her underwear. Both Scalzo and I spent the ride watching Allison's ass bob up and down while she did her thing with Kellen in the front passenger seat. I caught Jess looking back at me, and I gave him a flat dead stare in return. You stuck me in the back with this, it said. Then Scalzo caught my attention. I could see him in the dim light across from me fluttering his eyebrows John Belushi style. His eyes locked on Allison's bobbing ass. He raised his hand his index finger pointing straight up, and he stuck it in his mouth, wetting it, then popped it out, aimed it right for Allison's backside. Now I watched in horror and a little awe as that finger moved within a half an inch of Allison, and then we hit a pothole or something, and the jolt thrust Allison backwards, and pop, Scalzo's finger went right into her ass, right between the cheeks. Allison screeched in surprise. Her butt muscles must have clenched and this loud, wet sound blasted back at us and something wet spritzed onto my left shoulder, just missing my face. What the fuck was that? Jess was alarmed and I saw Scalzo examine his index finger, now wet and stained. He looked at that shit-stained finger and said, That cake ain't done. We pulled over. Kellen, Scalzo, and I sat on the guardrail watching Jess fumigate the Trans Am with Dracar Noir Cologne, bitching and seething every single second, scrubbing madly to get the mess off his back seats. Allison was somewhere in the woods nearby, humiliated and trying to clean herself off. How the hell could we go to the chalet after all of this? Kellen turned to Scalzo, who was just staring down at the ground, his eyes blank. What? on earth possessed you to make you want to stick your finger up Rooster's asshole. Scalzo thought for a moment before answering. I tried to give her a dart fart. You know, 
My cat once shat its carrier at the vet. You know what the vet told us? He said, scared shit stinks worse than regular shit. Jess is never gonna get that smell out. Thus ended the lesson of Scalzo. I gave Allison my shirt to clean up. I had her throw it into the woods when she was done. No way was I taking that back with me. We all went to get back into the Trans Am after Jess spent an hour detailing the back seat. He held up a hand, blocking Allison from the car. She can walk. She can't walk home. It's dark. Walk her home or come back with us, but she's not getting back in my car. He was serious. He was willing to let a girl walk at least four miles in the dark back home. It wasn't her fault, but he didn't care. Scalzo and Kellen got back in. Jess stood by the open driver's door waiting for me to give an answer. What'll it be, his pissed off face said. I walked her along some dark back road. We didn't say much. There were no cell phones. The only way to get a hold of someone was to find a payphone somewhere or, or hitchhike. Thank you. What could I say except you're welcome? She was so embarrassed and so was I. I was embarrassed that someone we both thought was a friend left us to walk. We came upon a closed little general store that, that had a payphone booth. I made a call to the only person I knew who would come and that I could trust. Yosha's little Honda Civic pulled up with Yosha in his pajamas behind the wheel. He'd gotten off work after covering my shift and was home in bed when I had called. Yosh took us to the chalet. Allison sat quietly in the back. We followed Kiri's directions and they took us up into the hills around town to this isolated ski lodge in the middle of nowhere. So this is where it was. Cars were all parked at the top of the driveway far off the road. No cop could ever see anything was going on. It was the perfect party spot. There you are, Captain. Thank you. Another moment of true friendship from this guy. I'll get Allison home. What about your parents? Oh, most honorable parents visiting Japan. Big brother watch Yoshiro. Big brother have too much sake. Have Godzilla size hangover in the morning. I got out of the car and headed to the chalet. It was not the way I had expected to arrive. It was like coming to the Oscars. Everyone was there. Kids you knew in school took on a whole new persona at night. They were luminaries or some other ridiculous word as I stood in the doorway beholding them. So this was it. This was the chalet. It was like a teenage bat cave, and I was standing in it. I was greeted by a bunch of kids shouting, hey, Mr. President. Some raised their glasses, others looked, and then went back to whatever they were doing before I interrupted them with my entrance. I had arrived. Kiri magically appeared, gliding right to me, smiling wide. Baby, there you are. She grabbed my hands and slammed them onto her boobs. Whose are these? Kiri's. She gushed satisfaction as Mick sidled up next to her, one arm around her waist. Hey man, glad you could make it. I uh, heard about Rooster. Shitty situation, buddy. I can't believe I finally made it here. Good to be here, Prez. Mick took me around the chalet, showing it off. I got more salutes and greetings as if people were genuinely glad to see me. Steve was there, inviting me to sit down at a table in a game of Mexicali, it was a number of dice drinking games we played back in the day. 
I can't believe I'm here. This is fucking great. Dude, you gotta stop saying that. You see all these girls? You know what I'd like to do to them? Eh, hard to say. I'd line them up, shave their heads bald, bend them over and go down the line, fucking each one in the ass. Then I'd come in their faces, slap them twice, and say, thanks for nothing, bitch. Everyone around the table, guys and girls, just stared at Scalzo in repulsed silence. Steve filled the vacuum as only Steve could and said to Scalzo, I have no idea why you're single. Meanwhile, at Allison's house. Thanks again, Yush. Sorry you had to go through this. You have no idea. Glad to get you home safe. Allison leaned forward to kiss Yosh. He stopped her. No, 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 you don't have to do that. I know. No, you don't know me. Friends help each other. I'll get some sleep. Let's talk sometime. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. That'd be cool. She got out of the car as Yosh made sure she got inside her house safely. Jess was at the chalet. He was shooting pool downstairs when I came down the steps. He looked up. Glad you made it, Kathy. No thanks to you, buttface. Sorry, man. It's a $15,000 car and shit stains weren't on the menu. Jess reached out and genuinely hugged me and then went back to pool and for some reason that made everything okay. Kellen held court outside in the hot tub with Becca and a few other half-naked guys and girls. Becca was a public menace in a wet t-shirt and bikini underneath. Chrissy, baby! Money's locked upstairs. We did good. Becca was about the only one, aside from Kiri, that I didn't care if they called me Chrissy. I made my way back upstairs, and an hour later, I was quite buzzed after drinking with Steve. Now, I can't even believe I'm here right now. Are you kidding me? I never thought I would get an invitation to a chalet party, ever. It's not that big a deal. We're all glad you're here, man. Say what now? What did he just say? They were glad I was there? A lot of us see what you're trying to do, man, and, well, between you and me, I'm not sure our class deserves it. Uh, people see how much you love us. Oh my god, I do! I do, I... No, I am so damn proud of this class. We'll help in whatever you need, man. We got plenty of athletic clubs to make, uh, donations. I learned something on Uncle Mo's class. We shook hands. Look, let me tell you something, okay? First of all, I hated ninth grade. I fucking despised it. And those movies that say that high school is the best times of our lives, I mean, what the hell's wrong with those people? Okay, all I wanted to do was hang out with folks like you. Yes, Mick, Kiri, Kellen, my God. And look at me, here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and here you are. And here I am. I'm glad you are. We toasted with beer bottles. Then Spandau Ballet's True came on the stereo from somewhere in the house. Hey, you all right? I composed myself. To Tony. To Tony. She's the reason I'm here. Hey, then drink another for her. The night eventually wound down and I ended up in a room with Mick, Steve, Kellen, Jess, Scalzo, and a few others. Craig was, again, dutifully passed out, markers scrawled all over his face and bare chest. Dude, that was so awesome when Rooster crowded out your house with your aunt upstairs. Yeah, that was a riot, Dallas. I was drunk, 
but sober enough to know their talk about Allison was pretty shitty and misogynistic. Kellen looked at me and pointed with his beer bottle as if it were a pipe and he was giving some kind of academic lecture. Listen, 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 Chris, Chris. You haven't even had it until you've done it with the rooster. Leave on time and courteously too, thanking your host sincerely for the good time you've had. All these things help to make a good party, a party that's fun for all. I slept off the booze and drove home that morning just before dawn. Got through the house and back to my room. I turned on my bedroom light and found a note from my mom taped to the base of my cordless phone that I got last Christmas. The note read, Reagan called three times. She hopes you got home okay and had a good night at work. P.S. Don't be an ass and stop lying to her. Mom. That Monday, Mr. Parna walked into his room, mug in hand, and froze. Oh my God. His entire classroom was empty. No desks, no teacher's desk, no phone, no chalk, no erasers, no books. The bookshelves were 100% empty. And scrawled on the board were four words. The Phantom was here. I'll get you, Phantom. I swear.